Corona Time 93.4 FM. Today we're going to have a podcast about the coronavirus and how it is affecting us in very different ways. We are going to start with a prayer for all the people that have been affected by this virus. Bueno, esta oración la vamos a decir en español, así que en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Amén. Oración por los afectados del COVID-19. Señor, gracias por dejarnos estar a salvo durante esta contingencia. Gracias porque tenemos salud, un hogar y una familia que nos quiere. Gracias porque podemos tener comida en la mesa todos los días y porque nos regalas un día más de vida. Gracias porque todos nuestros familiares tienen salud y pueden acudir a atención médica cuando la necesiten, ya que hay gente que en estos momentos no puede. Te pedimos por toda la gente que está sufriendo en este momento, por toda la gente enferma en los hospitales y por la gente que muere sola. Te pedimos que esta pandemia acabe y que todas las personas recuperen su salud pronto. También te pedimos por toda la gente que se quedó sin trabajo y que no tiene los recursos necesarios para mantener a su familia. Ayúdalos y dales la fortaleza para que puedan seguir adelante. Te ofrecemos todos nuestros esfuerzos que le ponemos a nuestros trabajos en casa y a que esta pandemia se acabe. Te ofrecemos todos nuestros logros de este año, ya que sin ti no hubieran sido posibles. Amén. En nuestra sección de español, vamos a estar explicando cómo contestar un formulario para poder detectar cuáles son aquellas personas que podrían tener coronavirus. Buenos días, yo soy la doctora Caro y para empezar a entenderla necesito que llene este formulario. En un momento vendrá la enfermera Amanda para explicarle cómo se llena. Buenos días, doctora. Muchas gracias. Pero, ¿de qué es este formulario? Hola, señorita Ana María. Yo soy la enfermera Amanda y le voy a explicar cómo llenar este formulario y lo que va a necesitar. Este formulario es necesario para saber su información personal y su historial médico para poder atenderla de manera correcta. Ok, bueno, empecemos. Lo primero que debe hacer es poner su nombre completo, la fecha y lugar de su nacimiento en la parte de arriba. Después, marcar con una tacha el cuadrito que indique su sexo y su raza. ¿Cómo va, señorita Ana María? ¿Todo bien? Sí, doctora. Todo bien. Gracias. La enfermera Amanda me está explicando todo muy bien. Para continuar... Tiene que subrayar su estado civil y escribir el nombre de su doctor de la familia y la ciudad en la que se encuentra. Ahora, vamos a continuar con el apartado de alergias. En la primera pregunta, tiene que indicar si ha tenido alguna reacción alérgica a algún medicamento. Y si su respuesta es sí, tiene que especificar el nombre del medicamento y sus síntomas. Después, va a marcar con una tacha si hay algún medicamento que prefiere no tomar debido a sus efectos secundarios. 
¿Pero qué pasa si no soy alérgica a ningún medicamento? Entonces, marca su respuesta como no y deja lo demás en blanco. Perfecto. Ahora, marque con una tacha el cuadro que indique cualquier alergia y sensibilidad que padezca. Y haga una lista de alimentos que le producen alergia, si es que tiene. También, ponga su estatura, su peso y si ha tenido cambios recientes de peso. Ahora, sigue el historial médico. Por favor, marque todas las enfermedades que ha padecido que aparecen aquí. Y en caso de que falte alguna, escríbala en el apartado de otros. Ahora, si pudiera hacer lo mismo, pero con historial de cirugías, señalando las que ha tenido. Señorita, por favor, cuando acabe de llenar el formulario, vaya al consultorio número 25 para que la atienda. Sí, doctora. Ahora, indique si ha tenido hospitalizaciones de causas mayores e indique el año, el lugar, la enfermedad o lesión y el doctor que la atendió. Y después, empezaremos a llenar el historial social. Ahí tiene que poner su ocupación, su frecuencia de ejercicio y si consume tabaco o alcohol. Todo especificado. Y finalmente, si ha sido tratado por alguna adicción o algún problema de los anteriores, por favor escriba los medicamentos que tomó y el doctor que la atendió. Muy bien, entonces ya acabé. Para finalizar, solo firme donde dice firma del paciente y ponga la fecha del día de hoy. Ahora que ya acabo de llenar el formulario, por favor pase a mi consultorio. Sí, doctora, y muchas gracias, enfermera Amanda. dentro de cinco años después de que se acabe esta pandemia. El día de hoy enfrentamos la pandemia del COVID-19, una pandemia que ha dejado muchas muertes y ha afectado a toda la población del mundo de diferentes maneras. Pero ¿cómo se verá afectada dentro de cinco años? La situación de salud se verá afectada, pero creo que de una buena manera. Yo creo que dentro de cinco años ya van a haber inventado una vacuna para prevenir este virus y va a tener algunas consecuencias, pero creo que en este caso van a ser positivas. Porque como ya va a haber una vacuna para prevenir este virus, la gente ya va a estar más protegida y si le da este virus, sus defensas van a combatirlo. Aunque también seguirán habiendo casos de gente infectada, pero el número de casos va a reducir mucho. Los efectos positivos serán que en ese entonces ya podremos regresar a nuestras rutinas diarias y ya vamos a poder ver a nuestros familiares y amigos. Los efectos negativos serán que la vacuna del COVID-19, como todas las vacunas, puede tener efectos secundarios y no es el 100% efectiva. La educación también se verá afectada y muchos cambios se harán, incluyendo que tendremos que lavarnos las manos seguido y mantener nuestra higiene impecable. Tratar de no tener mucho contacto físico con las otras personas para no contagiarnos en la escuela donde hay muchas personas. La educación será cambiada y los efectos pueden ser buenos o malos. Por ejemplo, lo bueno es que por las clases en línea no perdimos trabajos y podríamos seguir con las clases, 
Pero una cosa mala es que la dinámica de las clases físicas regresando será diferente, ya que tuvimos que ver muchas clases en línea y nos acostumbramos a eso. Otro aspecto que cambiará después de la pandemia y la cuarentena es el aspecto económico. Dentro de cinco años, la economía ya estaría restaurada otra vez, ya que poco a poco los restaurantes, agencias de viajes y lugares públicos van a abrir otra vez. Aquí igual habrán efectos buenos y malos. Uno bueno es que nuestra economía regresará a la normalidad y la gente que perdió trabajos durante ese tiempo puede que consiga nuevos trabajos. Pero lo malo es que puede que la economía no se restaure completamente, hablando de todo el dinero que se perdió durante este tiempo. El aspecto espiritual de todas las personas también se verá afectado de una manera positiva, porque al ya poder salir, las iglesias van a tener sus puertas abiertas y las celebraciones de la misa volverán a ser celebradas. También habrán horas eucarísticas y retiros a los que la gente podrá asistir y convivir. Las consecuencias de este aspecto son que al haber vivido la pandemia, apreciemos más el poder ir a misa y nuestra relación con Dios será más íntima y más grande. Los efectos positivos serán que podremos ir a misa y a todas las celebraciones de la iglesia. También podremos confesarnos y recibir la Eucaristía. Los efectos negativos serán que ya no tendremos tanto tiempo libre para enfocarnos en nuestra vida espiritual y mucha gente se enfocará más en lo mundano. En las... Dentro de la sección de crecimiento personal, las implicaciones serán que ya al poder volver a salir y convivir con personas, nuestras metas se podrán cumplir y que durante nuestro tiempo de cuarentena vamos a haber crecido personalmente. Las consecuencias serán que ya vamos a saber lo que queremos lograr, nuestras metas, nuestros logros y nuestros límites. Porque después de estar tanto tiempo encerrados y de reflexionar mucho, nos vamos a poder conocer mejor como personas. Los efectos positivos serán que podremos tener relaciones más serias y sinceras con los demás, porque ya nos conoceremos mejor y vamos a tener nuestras metas dispuestas a alcanzarlas. Los efectos negativos serán que nos vamos a olvidar de la importancia de estar ahí cuando nuestros amigos y seres queridos lo necesiten, ya que al estar en cuarentena mucho tiempo, nos alejó de ellos, y al poder volver a salir, nos distraemos con cosas menos importantes, como fiestas y planes de amigos. Now we are going to be moving on to our English podcast, where we will be interviewing some guests and we will be talking about the end of quarantine. Hi everyone, welcome to Corona Time 93.4 FM. I'm Melissa Parker and here are the news for today regarding COVID-19. Since we are nearing the end of this global pandemic, it represents the end of a month-long quarantine. Meanwhile, it has been a long road to the recovery of the whole world from this pandemic, and slowly but surely we are reaching the end. As most people know by now, this virus originated, one, this virus originated in Wuhan, China, on the other side of the world, and it started being a small foreign virus, with no signs that it would pose the threat it does now. We entered a quarantine, and sooner or later it made us isolate ourselves from family, friends, and loved ones. This was very hard on many people, but it was necessary for the fast spread of the virus to lessen. Finally, the virus has weakened to the point of being able to exit the quarantine, but still maintaining precautions. 
On this topic, today we'll interview a very recognized doctor from Chicago to tell us her experience and a patient who just recovered from the virus. Hi, I'm Dr. Johnson. I work at the Mercy Hospital, and I'm going to tell you a little bit of what's been happening during this pandemic and how we've neared the end of it. As you know, the U.S. is the country with more coronavirus cases in the world. Since this started, straight away, we have been taking care of a lot of patients. There have been many deaths, and as there are not enough medical instruments, us doctors have to buy our own protections. Luckily, the pandemic is already listening, and in a matter of days, we will be able to exit the quarantine. Hi everyone, I'm Brooke Stone and I just recovered from the coronavirus. I stayed two weeks in the hospital and after treatment and a lot of medicine, I recovered. We're going to ask both of you some questions about the experience you both had and how you managed it. So first, we're going to start with Dr. Johnson. Doctor, how many people, many people are wondering what it feels like to risk your life each day by being in the hospital. Well, as you know, it isn't easy to come every day knowing that there are many people that need your help and you need to risk your health to help them. But us doctors have a special job and we save lives. So if risking our lives means saving more lives, then we'll do it without a doubt. Another question we wanted to ask you was, Now that the number of infections are decreasing and we're no longer in quarantine, what precautions do you still recommend us to follow? Even though the number of infections is decreasing, we should still be cautious because at any time we could have multiple infections of this virus again. Quarantine is over, but that doesn't mean we should stop being careful. We still need to wash our hands very frequently, Avoid contact with people who are infected with the virus. Avoid touching your eyes, mouth, and nose with your hands. These are just simple precautions we can take in order to prevent us from being infected. As long as we do this, we should be safe. Now we're going to have a commercial break, but we will be right back with our second guest, Brooke Stone. Are you slightly panicking over the recent pandemic? Do you want to prevent your family from being infected? Use Lysol TM to protect your home from any virus. Lysol spray kills 99.9% of germs and Lysol TM wipes clean surfaces bare. So we are back and now we have our second guest here with us. We want Brooke to tell us her story of how she got infected with the coronavirus and her journey through recovery. Well, a month ago, I traveled to Seattle for a job interview. When I got there, many people were infected, but the virus wasn't very well known. So I didn't wear any face masks or gloves in public. I only stayed two days and went back to Chicago. But that same week, I started to feel ill and the news were exploding with this virus called COVID-19. I realized I was developing the symptoms of this virus and decided to take the test. I tested positive and the doctors hospitalized me because my immune system was really weak. 
After a week, I started to feel better, but I needed to stay another week for recovery. It was painful and a slow recovery, but it was so worth it to recover my health. Thanks, Brooke, but we have another question for you. Were you ever scared that you might die or that you might suffer a lot through this journey? What did it feel when, you, when the test came out positive? As a matter of fact, I was really scared that I might die because many people didn't survive. But most of all, I was scared that my family couldn't be there to support me. I did suffer through this journey, but my biggest worry was that if I was going to die, my family and friends weren't going to be there to say goodbye. So I called my family a few times during my time in the hospital to tell them about my situation. And after my recovery, I went to my mom's house to accompany her during this quarantine. When the test came out positive, I was expecting it because I was feeling really ill and somehow I knew I had this virus. So I was scared, but unsurprised. Thanks, Brooke. And we're, thanks, Brooke, and we're happy that you recovered. I can't imagine how difficult it must have been to deal with all of that alone since you couldn't be near your family or friends. Well, today's segment is about to end. We're very eager and excited that the quarantine is over, but remember what Dr. Johnson said. We should still be very cautious because this virus is still in our environment. We could all still get affected, but it has decreased the number of infections. Remember, stay safe and be cautious. We'll see you next week with our segment on how to make an apple pie with Martha Stewart. Hi everyone, we're back. Today's topic is how COVID-19 affects the world and how it differences from the flu pandemic. We're going to interview a famous economist, Amanda Aro, and an accomplished doctorate that experienced both pandemics, Ana Maria Sá. and I studied economy statistics at Harvard. I graduated and then became a really famous U.S. economist. Today, I'm going to tell you how this pandemic has affected the economy worldwide. So our first question is, how has the economy changed since 2019 to 2020? Well, there has been a drastic change in economy worldwide speaking. Many big, big companies have crashed and many people have stayed jobless since the epidemic started. So the businesses have been closed and the economy has dropped. Wow, that was really interesting. Moving on to our next question. How does the bad economy of one country affect the others? Well, as you know, different countries make international trades, businesses and exchanges between each other. So if one of those countries does not have the money that it needs, it affects the whole process for the other countries too. Okay, let's hope the economy can stabilize again. Now, we're going to let Dr. Ana Maria tell us how the pandemics have affected society. Well, us as doctors receive many patients during flu season and throughout the year and cure them or treat them. But as this pandemic started, we have received many more patients than we usually receive. And the medical equipments weren't enough. So us doctors with our salary need to pay for the equipment. 
This pandemic has spread throughout the world and has infected a lot of people with serious illnesses that need to be treated immediately. So we need to work more hours to treat them. Also, many people have freaked out and just buy stuff that is useful to hospitals like face masks or gloves. So if you're one of those persons, please reduce your quantities. Well, let's hope the number of cases decrease. Our next question is, how has the government helped throughout this journey? Well, the government has donated a lot of medical instruments and has ordered people to take quarantine and to be protected from this virus. But this is out of their hands because many people don't follow the rules and this virus causes more infections. But generally speaking, the government has managed to stay calm and tries to help hospitals and clinics as much as possible. Wow, it has been really hard for you doctors, but let's hope this pandemic ends soon and everyone stays safe. This was all for today. Thank you both and see you in our next transmission. In our chemistry section, we're going to talk about the element that we invented that can be used as a cure or as a prevention for the virus. Our element is called valetudinarium, and its abbreviation is VA. It comes from a Latin word that means hospital. This element is used to prevent people from getting the COVID-19 virus, but it is also used to regenerate their immune system. It's especially used in people with chronic diseases or the elderly. It is a man-made element created in laboratories. It has a mass number of 20, an atomic number of 9, and an atomic mass of 24. It is used in the gaseous state, and people breathe it through an inhaler. So our element is used through an inhaler so that when people breathe it, it enters through their respiratory system and regenerates their immune system. element helps in the recovery from coronavirus. Since it's in a gaseous state, it is inhaled by the person just as a bronchodilator or an inhaler would work, as the ones used in the treatment for asthma. Our inhaler would contain valetudinarium mixed with myelin, which helps regenerate the immune system. This inhaler can be used by all of the population, no matter what the age. It can be used by anyone, but it is mainly for the people with high risk of dying from COVID-19. The use of our inhaler will cause the immune system to regenerate, making it stronger so that the attack of COVID-19 won't affect them. This gas doesn't prevent people from getting the virus. It helps people not to be gravely affected by it. The effectiveness of our inhaler is that the start of the regeneration time is one week for the immune system to trigger and start to regenerate, which means that in one week, the immune system will have started to respond to the medication and started the process. Two weeks to be completely fine and strong, 
with a fully developed immune system. Usually, just using myelin, it takes two weeks to react, but with the help of valetudinarium, it will only take one week. This is important because we want our combat against COVID-19 to be quick and effective so people can be protected from it as soon as possible and try to stop the spread of the pandemic. This kind of cure is effective, but we should still be maintaining our safety precautions, such as social distancing, washing hands frequently, and regularly using face masks to be outside. Right now, Mexico is in a state of quarantine, trying to contain the worldwide pandemic of COVID-19. And we are doing this with a number of interventions. These interventions are very important since they can affect how many more people get infected and how many more people die over the next few months. In our math section, we're going to talk about different precautions at different times. Each country started taking precautions in different months. But it is amazing how big the impact is on the amount of infections and deaths, depending on how early the country started taking precautions. We analyzed many graphs and numbers, and we realized that if we had started taking precautions in July, we could have gotten to 6.5 million infections. Depending on the month when the intervention started, we could avoid more infections and deaths, or cause more. We did this by making graphs and trying to lower the curve on them. It all started in December 2019, when the government of China announced the start of this pandemic. The number of cases in the country started increasing and the virus started spreading throughout the world. Most people that were traveling internationally got infected and that's how the virus spread. The number of cases worldwide increased during January until April. And in May, the cases started decreasing a little bit because of interventions made through the past months. In the end of our project, we learned that the precautions we take are very important and that they are essential for our safety. We got to analyze the cause and effect that we could see in the graphs, depending on how early we start the interventions, was how many infections and how many deaths we got over the last few months. So we got to see the importance of staying at home to avoid all of these deaths and infections that could come. We enjoyed learning and analyzing this information through graphs and questions. Well, that was the end of our podcast. Thank you for listening to us. And don't forget to listen to our other podcast. I think that this podcast was very informative and very well adjusted to the situation we are living in right now. I think that we should all still have hope because we are going to get out of this together. So thank you all for listening and have a great day.